Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hi, Holly. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) 2023. Wow, 2023. You know, I... Every time there's a new year, I am reminded of when I had my first job out of college, when like I got that job like in July and then, you know, the holidays came around and we at that job, we like closed for the holidays. And so when we came mm-hmm. back after the new year, everyone in the office, when you would see everyone for the first time, people would be like, happy new year, happy new year. And people kept saying it. And I asked my parents, I was like, how long do people say happy new year to each other? (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those things where like, that's such a job thing. You know, Uh when you're in college, like you don't, at least I didn't say happy new year to people for the whole month of January. (laughs) No, no, I don't think so. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. And I think my parents like, they were like pretty much, you know, the first time you see someone in the month of January, like, yeah, you say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, all of our podcasts for January are going to start with Happy New Year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, I know that we both had low key New Year celebrations. Um, I I didn't even watch the ball drop. I didn't even feel like doing that. We just no, kind I didn't of, even. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Wow, didn't want to. We we are really a joyous. I, <laughs> I did stay up till midnight, I and didn't. <laughs> you didn't. No. <laughs> I stayed up till midnight. So did Wesley, and okay. we got champagne. Um, Did you you pop it at midnight or you drank it prior? Well, we had some left at midnight. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we had some left to toast at midnight. Oh, that's Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then we went to bed shortly after that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even stay up until midnight, which I didn't like. I was just like, I'm going to do whatever I feel. And... Honestly, around 1030, I was like, I kind of just feel grateful that I'm like at home right now Mm -hmm. and go to bed. So I went to bed at like 11. Like I got in bed. I was watching TV. I don't know what time I fell asleep, but I definitely was not awake at midnight. That's nice. I slept so late today, probably just because I'm feeling bad. Um, Like I didn't get up till 10. Wow. I know. I had to work um retail today and it wasn't slammed but it was pretty steady and i posted about it on my instagram but i definitely got yelled at pretty hardcore this lady threw a bunch of stuff at me told me 
racist, lazy, ableist. I was physically shaking. Like other customers were like, are you okay? And I was like, what did you do to her? Um, I honestly was like so shook by the whole thing because I was behind the cash register, but I was talking to my manager. I had my back like to where the line started because I wasn't like working the register. I was doing like online orders and I was talking to my manager about that. But when I turned around, she was, this woman was standing there like clearly ready to check out. So I, I got to the nearest computer and I had to log in and I said, I can get you right here. And when she got, she came over to like my register, like she was going to check out and instead she threw everything in her hands. And she said, you know what? You can take your shit. She said, you are so fucking rude. And I was just so stunned because I didn't know what happened. Yeah. She was like, you saw me standing there, handicapped, struggling to hold these items. And I'm thinking, I didn't see that. And so she walked out and then she came back. Oh, my God. And when she came back, she was like... Did you not want to help me because I'm black? And honestly, I was so stunned because, first of all, I did not see that she was handicapped. And to me, handicapped can mean so many different things. I did mm-hmm. not see her struggling. And to me, struggling can mean so many different things. I also did not see that she was black. Like, I, like, all of this was such a shock to me. And I just said, I'm so sorry, because whether or not she's right or wrong, like, I don't want anyone to feel that way. And like in our training at work, like they say, just apologizing can sometimes like calm because she was yelling and like other customers were like staring. And she said, no, you're not. You're just sorry you got caught. And I didn't know what to say to that because I didn't get caught doing anything. I was working. Right. Um, and she said, if you want to chit chat, you should do that on your own time and not when you're being paid to work. And I just said, I agree. And she walked <laughs> out in. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I should chit chat on my own time. Wow. But, you know, I think like, obviously, you know, she was probably having a rough day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I get. But I think one thing that I've noticed like working retail is that there is a really big like subset of the population that believes like people that work, whether it's like retail or just in stores in general, like we aren't worth anything. Like we're trash and we're not allowed to be like human whatsoever. Like even if I was chit chatting for the 30 seconds that I was talking with my manager, are you telling me that no person on this planet has ever chit chatted at work before? Like we're not allowed to do that. We're not humans. Or like if somebody was to get upset, like when she threw this stuff at me, like if I would have started crying, would she have told me like, to fuck off like I you know like it's like I just feel like there's that thing of like waitresses or people that work retail like you're not allowed to show like any 
humanity like whatsoever because you're just like trash yeah i could see that um you could probably say the service industry in general mm-hmm. so yeah i was like so shaken up though because i honestly thought she was gonna hit me mm-hmm. and i wish she would but it was funny because i think all of us there were multiple workers like working the register everyone was stunned and they when she left they were like oh my god you were so nice to her and i'm like well i mean i'm not gonna be mean you know like he was literally just stunned and she kept asking like for the store manager which one of our managers was up there you know talking to me but it's like that's not going to help because she was there. And so what are you going to say? Well, you know, what she, what what can we do about it at this point except apologize? It's like. Yeah. But. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> I guess we haven't done an intro since before Christmas. Um, right? Yeah, because our New Year's resolution episode was before Christmas. Yeah. Um, I had a good Christmas. It was, it was, I guess it was pretty low key. I mean, I still had to do a lot of traveling, you know, because I drive like Wesley and I drove from Austin to Natchitoches, which is where my mom is. And then at that point, we separate and he goes up to his family's in North Louisiana. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And then I stayed in Natchitoches for a few days, drove my stepdad's truck down to, Denham Springs to visit my dad for two days and I actually got to see my grandma and my aunt while I was there who I never see hmm. and went to lunch with someone who I've been friends with for a while but we never met in person you know one of those weird things um oh, okay mm-hmm. so it was nice to go to lunch with him while I was in town and hmm. then went back to Natchitoches did Christmas you know lots of presents and things and then came back and kind of felt a little poopy since then but that's what happens whenever you're around a bunch of people yeah the you know the holidays are like the season when you know all this used to be very 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 true for me has been true for me in a while but tis the season for men of the past to send me text messages oh yeah. You didn't get any this year? I did. I did. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. I misunderstood. I, I feel like I haven't gotten one of those in years because all the men of my past are married and like have kids okay. and full lives. And like, I honestly cannot think of like the last person from my past. Like maybe when I first moved to Austin, I got messages, but that was like seven years ago. So I was like, yeah. Thinking one night and got a text message from a number I did not have in my phone. And, but like, I recognized the area code and like, they said like their first name. And I was just like, what? Like this dude, um, we were not, we never like dated, but we have like had a friendship that I would say like is questionable, but we've never Mm. met the person. Our moms are friends. Oh, okay. Okay. And the reason we've never met in person is because when I first started like talking to him, he was like in the military, like overseas. Mm. So it's been like years of like kind of just, I would say it's more of like a friendship, but like I never really understood like, is there something there? Is there not? But then he got married and like had kids. And oh, okay. 
it was like, okay, we never talked. So, but then he, he got divorced. And I think like, uh, maybe last Christmas or something, like my mom always like tells me like what he's up to, but I had not talked to him. And I think he had messaged me like on Facebook, maybe a year ago or something like after he was divorced, but it was literally just like a, Hey, what's up? And that was it. Mm-hmm. And so he texts me just being like, Hey, what's up? Sorry. I haven't talked to you in a long time. And I'm thinking, uh, it's been like a really long time. And I'm just so confused because, and I told my mom because she was in town and I'm like, I got a message from Josh and like, I'm so confused because the messages with him are not flirty, but they're not, not flirty, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, what is his deal? Because he literally just like got married and never talked to me. And then now he's not married, but like I thought he was like single, whatever like just the weirdest thing and like it stinks because like I do think he's like an attractive person and probably has a lot going for him but like his relationship past is like super problematic yeah and I'm just like um he was saying like he he lives like in Arizona right now, but he's moving to DC and his kids live in Tennessee and he driving through Austin to go visit. Oh, I was wondering where the catch was. Yeah. (laughs) A little couch surfing maybe. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, God, I am just, I feel like those days, if you would have hit me up, 10 years ago no questions asked but yeah i am just not down to clown (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean because it's like what's the what are we doing here you know yeah and like let's face facts you're gonna find someone else and probably marry them so god well did you have fun with your mom while she was in town I did. Um, I still had to work quite a bit, which was like a lot. Like I felt so exhausted, but I really still wanted to do like fun holiday stuff. And we did. We went to like some of like Austin Trail of Lights, which was really fun. And we always go to this bar pop-up bar downtown called Miracle on Fifth. They just mm-hmm. decorate the whole thing and have these theme drinks. We went the night before the freeze. And when we were walking from the Driscoll to the Miracle on Fifth, when I tell you the gusts of wind, I have mm. never been like we were screaming. Like every time the wind would come, we were like, oh so cold and when both my mom and I wore glasses and when we got into the miracle they were like let me see your tickets and both of us like our glasses were so fun yeah like it took so long for them to like defrost to see the tickets and it wasn't even really that busy that place is usually so packed but it was so cold like yeah. it wasn't even any busy they were giving out like free shots my mom did my mom and I did it like a bourbon shot <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was fun I feel like it went by so fast which I really like I hate that feeling but I just was kind of like okay like riding with it and then here we are in the new year and like now I'm like okay mm. time to like implement my like slow down goals you know yeah yeah so the holidays are over 
Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel that for sure. I feel that. And at the same time, I've picked up more on-site classes for yoga. So I'm working on trying to find teachers to do some of them so that yeah. I don't stretch myself too thin. I know it's, it's definitely going to be like a, a difficult thing for me to like adjust to, because I feel like my apartment is still like in total disarray from having company and Christmas and all of that. But yeah. I keep like telling myself like, it's okay. You don't, it doesn't have to all be done like right now. Yeah, exactly. So well, I'm excited for everyone to hear our guest, Zaina, with um, C-Rock Consult. No, C-Rock Coaching. So sorry. Um, <laughs> very different than consulting. Yes. Um, we as chose Zaina. Do what? As we learned. Yes, as we learned. Exactly. Um, and I was just editing the, the the episode earlier today and could hear how sick I sounded. But it was so nice to, <laughs> to listen back to... Gosh, she was just so inspirational. And I'm excited for everyone to hear her because, you know, she talked about a lot of different transitions in life, whether it's, you know, improving your current career or switching to a different job within your career path or even just changing careers completely. Like she's she's advised it all. And it was very inspirational to hear the way that she looks at the the necessity of work um but but making it more empowering you know yeah it made me like feel pretty good about like my current situation mm-hmm. but it also made me it gave me a lot of stuff to think about mm-hmm. and i i also was kind of noticing that if you listen to it she says the phrase like lights you up like what lights you up a lot Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's something that Sarah said as well I think she was oh yeah Mm -hmm. she did yeah I didn't put that together but she did if you haven't listened to Sarah's episode and that is something like you're interested in I would recommend because I think that is just an interesting theme like really figuring out like what lights you up is what they both talked about from a different angle. Like Sarah was talking about it, like from your whole life. And in a way, Zaina was talking about it that way too, even though she had yeah. focus on careers. Um, but I just was like, wow, I wonder if that's something we're going to hear a lot. Yeah, those two things definitely go hand yeah. in hand. Human design and then the career coaching. Yeah. So I feel like it's such a good way to start the, new year and she seems so approachable Mm -hmm. even if you're looking for like coaching on a smaller level uh she seems like a good person to talk to yes definitely and we'll have to go get drinks with her one day because i cut off like the last 20 minutes at the end where we just like kept talking you know because we just like kept talking eventually we were like we really need to go (laughs) but we just like all just want to keep talking so um yeah i've already told several people to to be on the lookout for the episode because there's a few people in my life that are in that transitionary phase that that will definitely benefit a lot from it yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here she comes, Zaina, with C-Rock Coaching. Um, it's a good episode. You'll enjoy. Hey, Zaina. Hello. How are you guys? Hey. Good. Yeah. How are you? 
excited. I feel like anytime I have like, I'm like, I don't know, like networking or like speaking or anything like that whole day, I like cannot do like no work is done. It's like, I have to just run around and like, just take my mind off of it. It's just, even though it's like really fun, right? I have to like hype myself up almost. I feel that. No, I'm the same way. I have to, um, so like I have a day job where I'm a recruiter and I saw in your story um, that your your whole vision of your business kind of came from a recruiter. And I, I kind of have to do that as well. You know, with if I have like a day full of interviews, I'm like, okay, I need to hype myself up. And, or if I'm like going to a career fair, I'm like, oh Lord, here we go, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. especially like I'm very, it's funny because people, when, when people get to know me, like I'll, I'll say like, I'm an introvert and they're like, no, you're not. Like, mm-hmm. it's not an argument. Like I'm genuinely an introvert. This is very <laughs> draining. Like, just because like, I'm glad that you don't see that. But like, when I go to events, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it's a lot sometimes. Yeah. We're the same exact way. Um, you know, I can turn it on whenever I need to, but then I need that. I call myself an ambivert, um, kind of like the in-between. Yeah. Cause I can, you know, turn it on whenever I need to. And I need, you know, just as much time to recover, you know. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, The important question off the top is, what are you drinking? (laughs) Um, So I actually went today to get these. I haven't had these in a really long time. Have you guys ever heard, you guys, you may not have tried these, um, Uh but it's it's like, have you you heard of a carajillo? It's like a almost like an espresso martini or like this one's a, a, a spiked cold brew. And I met the the girl who started the company, I think during COVID, um, like at a, at a tasting. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be perfect for the podcast. Cause I need the coffee and I need <laughs> just like a little sip. Cause if I drink anything, I'll probably like take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really good. So yeah. is it an Austin based uh, company? Yes, it's called Zuzi, Z-U-Z-I. Um, she's Austin-based. It's her, and I think her husband is her partner. Um, and it's funny because now that I'm in the, like, entrepreneurial space, I'm trying to see, you know, you want to have your hands in all these different things, right? So um, I got my start, you know, doing, when I first got my taste in, in marketing, I did promotions and events and all that kind of stuff. And I was in the beverage um, scene before I went, more into different types of consumer packaged goods. And I love doing that. So I'd actually reached out to her um, maybe a few months ago and just said, hey, if you ever need anyone for promotions, like I I love this. Like I want to do it all the time. So um, yeah, I just thought it'd be like a fun one to drink while we're chatting today. That's like, awesome. I love so that. I'll have, to, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like a fun, like adult drink. You're like, oh, I'll just drink the coffee to be productive was like a side of like, Hopefully this goes the right way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Holly, I'm sure you can guess what I'm having. <laughs> red wine. Red wine, yes. <laughs> a full glass of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, I didn't make it one of my New Year's resolutions. Holly and I did a New Year's resolution episode that came out this week. Um, and my New Year's resolution to add on to that is to actually make creative drinks for this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Derek always has red wine. I, I have do. red wine too, but I was telling Derek before you came on, I got this vintage decanter for Christmas. Ooh. Uh, 
<gasps> wow. So, but like I poured the whole bottle in here thinking it would like reach this like little ice chamber that it has. And it's, I'm like, I'm going to have to buy like a magnum of Robert Mondavi for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's like so definitely cool. like Thanksgiving style. Like you need to have a part, like, I mean, you don't need to have a party for that, but <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I just looked at it and assumed like, Oh, a full bottle of wine would, I thought it would like fill up this thing, but that just goes to show you how like visually different it is, I guess. But when well, a bottle of wine is never as much as you think it is. That Yeah, that's for that's sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm so excited that you joined us. I met Zaina at a networking event. It was an Austin Women in Tech, which that was actually the first event that I had gone to for Austin Women in Tech. And it was a speed networking, which I thought that concept was so cool. It was basically recruiters like on one side of the table, people looking for jobs on the other side and like the recruiters stayed in place and we kind of like shifted around. It was at Easy Tiger, which is a cool like local Austin place. And I think in the time they gave us, I met like five or six different people like on the other side of the table. And when I met Zena, she said she was a transitions coach and kind of explained what she did. And I thought it was so cool aside from like her energy being so approachable. So when we were coming up with ideas for our 2023, like kind of first episodes, I thought you would just be a great guest because you have um, a different job. And I think a lot of people are probably going into the new year wanting to change some things about their life, about their career. So I think this is going to be great. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's so, so cool. I know. Tell us about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah. So I, um, I was in marketing and advertising for in the corporate space, working both at advertising agencies and then kind of startups or different brand, like consumer packaged goods companies. Um, I did that for over 12 years. Um, but pretty early on, I mean, pretty much my, my real job, my first real corporate job out of grad school, I knew very quickly, like, this is not, even though I really loved it, this is not forever. Like I need to be doing something different. And that was mostly because I saw a lot of people, um, you know, higher up, like I'd always been a very ambitious person. Right. And I always knew like, this is, this is what I want to be doing. And, and I went after it, but I saw people who are, you know, at the top of their game, at the top of the company and in my, you know, what I wanted, my vision of the world, they did not look happy at all. Like they had the things like the money and, and these the high level job and, and a family and, and all of that stuff and kids, but they just seemed miserable. Like from a health standpoint, from a mental, like physically unhealthy, mentally unhealthy, they worked all the time. Like, you know, when you're first in your job in corporate, you're working all the time because you're like at the bottom of the totem pole, but they were also working that much. I was like, I thought you worked a lot like in the beginning. So you didn't really have to do that later on. Like I thought you were like laying the groundwork in the beginning, but I just, with, with that, like I had that knowing, but I didn't know, like, it was like, okay, this is what I don't want, but I didn't know what I wanted instead. And in that moment, I didn't know who to talk to. There was no one. I mean, coaching is a very new, I don't want to say it's very new, but it's just now really gained popularity. And so the only options I felt like I had at that time were 
you talk like I'm not going to talk to a therapist about my career. It's like the only the only thing I'm not going to talk to my therapist about. I save my traumas for my therapist. <laughs> and then um like a recruiter. And and recruiting is something that I kind of toyed with like over the years because it was the only thing that felt like maybe that I was called to or, or maybe even becoming some sort of a a therapist or going to back to school for psychology, but that didn't make sense. And over the years when I had different like informational interviews or even interviews for recruiting roles. And I honestly would still entertain this, I think at this point, just as like a side thing. But um, a lot of people told me, you know, recruiting, when you start out, you you probably want to work for an agency and it's it's a numbers game and it's sales and you're, you know, it's a high metrics and all that. And it just, it didn't, there was just something about it that didn't feel right, you know? So basically I went through life just continuously falling into other jobs because I knew I could do it because I didn't know what else, like what else there was out there. So the reason I left corporate earlier this year and started my own business was because I was like, surely there's other people that feel this way. And who are they? Like, there's still no solve for it. There's still no one for these people to talk to. So who better to go through it or, you know, help guide these people than someone who's literally been in it for 12, (laughs) over 12 years, you know, like I really want my experience to speak to people. Whereas like I potentially could have gotten help at certain points and, and hired a coach, but it was so foreign to me at that time. Like no one was talking about it that I was like, no, I can probably figure it out. And it's funny. I even, um, I found, uh, like an old, I don't know what it's called. Like, um, like on Facebook or something. I don't really go on Facebook that much, but, um, you know, when they flash your, like what you said previous years or whatever, oh, yeah. like, so, yes, like the previous, I can't even think of what the word is, but, um, like what you did five years ago on that day. And there was something like, I think it was like six years ago. It's like, Oh, looking for a new job. And like, if anyone knows a career coach and I was like, Oh my God, if I had, if there was a coach for me at that point in time, I could have maybe been, you know, doing this six years ago, but I feel like we, we constantly just look for people to like, tell us what to do, or we just kind of put those feelings or, or that intuition aside. And we think and hope that it will resolve itself, but it usually doesn't unless we're willing to work on it. Yeah. It's interesting that you said you bring that up about how there really was no one for you to talk to because I've never thought about that, but I wonder if it's just like a generational thing because I feel like generations prior, like prior to millennial, it's like their careers were more cookie cutter. Like you do this, you go on this path, it's predetermined. Whereas now I feel like people have such different paths that are kind of all over the place and you know, millennial generation and and forward is kind of more like in touch with wanting to live like a purposeful life, wanting our career to match up with our mission in life, that type of thing. Uh, But I've never thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) I was just talking to someone about this recently, like the whole millennial thing, like I'll watch different videos of how people in the different generations react to things. And it's like, after, you know, whatever's like after millennials, like it just really took a turning point. Like now I feel like people in the millennial like age group, um, some of them are, are starting to like wake up and realize that some of them are like, no, this is just the way it needs to be. And then like kind of at the end of that, some people like the younger generations are already coming in and doing this like internal work, which is Mm -hmm. just so funny. It's like, 
it's not even fair that you're in your twenties and you like know all, have all this self-reflection and healing, or I had to go through like years of pain and numbing and like, (laughs) now I'm finally here. And maybe I, it's funny, like trying to reflect on it and think about it too. Right. Like I obviously have friends that are millennials and in that, in that age range, but I also found myself drawn to people. And even like, as, as in my business, I find a lot of super young people coming to me as like wanting to work with me, which I, I thought was really interesting. I mean, even people, I didn't realize that they were as young as they were. Like I had a few people that had re like graduated from college like this year. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I didn't, I would have never thought to seek out a coach, you know, at that point, I thought I just knew everything and I would figure it out. And like, I don't need help. Like now I'm like, please, please help me. I will take all any and all the help I can get. So tell us, so are you, do you call yourself a career coach or career transitions coach, which. So I typically say career transitions Uh, only it's, it's hard, right? Because I think I mean, especially in Austin, I don't know if it's necessarily like this outside of Austin, but it's just the, the coaching world is so oversaturated right now. And I do really love working with people in transition. Um, like, is that my only group of people that I work with? Absolutely not. Like I coach people who are just want like pure life coaching or different things, but I think that kind of stuck out to me. Because the people that are like where I was, like when you when you say career transitions coach, it's just like it hits right on that like I don't want to say pain point, but the like oh my god, that's exactly like what like you put what I'm looking for into words almost. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about? Because I know when I when I met you at the event, you you were saying how you know, a career transition doesn't necessarily have to mean like you're changing careers or something super drastic. So can you kind of talk about maybe examples of career transitions or, or what exactly that means? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times, I mean, people use different terms around it, right? So there's like transition, shift, um, pivot, all those different types of things. And the transition can look like a million different things. Like you could be in a company, you love the company, your only goal is to stay there and grow. So you just want to make sure that you're continuously evolving. You've had maybe like I had a friend of mine um, approach me last year and he's like, hey, I started at this company. I already got promoted and things are going just amazing. I want to make sure I keep this momentum going and I don't become stagnant. So kind of the people who want to stay and grow is one kind of type of person who may come in. People who maybe have been at one company doing one thing for years, say 10 years, and then the company was purchased or something has changed or they're just, you know, they've spent their time there and they want to do the exact same thing, like basically pick it up and then go elsewhere. So that's something like just the changing of companies, like you're going somewhere else or maybe even moving states or whatever. Um, Then there's like what I'd call like a true, like, you know, 180 transition. I've had people, like I had a client who was in finance and she just didn't want to do that anymore. She wanted to be more in people operations um, because she was much more of a people person. Um, there's people, a lot of this we're seeing now who either want to, um, exit corporate and do their own thing or people who maybe were entrepreneurs and they were hit super hard in COVID and they just want a steady paycheck. So they want to go back and they don't know if they're going to be able to readjust to that, or even if that's truly what they want. 
uh, the last subset um, would be entrepreneurs, business owners, because literally all day, every day, everything is changing, right? Like you could, you know, be selling a product and then randomly someone tweets something about your product and you're blowing up and you have to hire 20 different people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always laugh with like being an entrepreneur. I feel like I'll tell people, I feel like I've gone through 16 different personalities sometimes in one day because so much is going on. So there's always, I mean, there's definitely different types of groups um, that I work with, but there's no, I mean, there's really no exclusion. The, The main point of my work is just helping make sure that people are doing something that like really lights them up. And if it's not 100% in your job, like that you have access to that and you're able to pursue it because we spend almost, the only thing that we do more than we do work is sleep. So with all that time spent, you really want to make sure that you're doing something that gives you some sense of whatever it is that you're looking for. You know, a lot of people I think want fulfillment. Um, I mean, that's what I was was looking for. And when you don't have that and you also have a voice inside your head that's kind of saying like, this is not right, you can continue to ignore that voice, but it's only going to get stronger, you know, and, and you just kind of, it sounds dramatic, but you almost like die as a person. Like you become like a shell of a human when you're not doing the things that you're meant to be doing. Yes, I feel so much of what you just said. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have set my spit being a shell of a human. I have had jobs, especially early on, where like the job I had right when I moved to Austin, man, I hated it so much. And I I've told Derek this before. I would show up and put on a podcast and listen to even repeats of the same episode for the whole eight hours I was there. I would sit there and do that every day, Monday through Friday. Like I would just, that was the only way I could keep myself like from crying. (laughs) It's so sad. But in the time, in the moment, I was like, this is what I have to do. I have to get my paycheck. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, We were, we were reflecting on the past year and Similar to you, Zaina, I made that transition from corporate America. You know, I spent like 10 years in corporate America, made the transition to opening the studio and focused on that for a while. And obviously since then, I've made it back to the corporate world. Um, I did. I, there was a recruiting agency stint in between the return um, that helped kind of buffer me. But yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, ooh, if I had a career coach, I guess that could have made a lot of sense. It would have just helped me navigate things better. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a lot of need for what you're doing. That's awesome. I definitely think the pandemic had to spark like a lot of change in people. I feel like so many people, even I know, or you see like the studies about the number of people who that was their first opportunity working from home and maybe they... Some of it I know probably wasn't enjoyable if they had to care for, you know, loved ones um, that were sick. But I think a lot of people realize like, oh, I can spend more time with my family. I can get things done around the house. I can have better work-life balance. And I feel like right now we're seeing a lot of companies say, okay, it's it's over. Everyone has to come back. And a lot of the workforce is saying, I'm not no doing thanks. that. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing that. So I feel like this is um this has been an interesting couple of years in terms of like almost like the workforce taking a little bit more control and just saying like like I'm gonna work from home or whatever. I'm not gonna work for you if I can't have a better work life balance. Yeah. yeah. And I 
I love that too. I think it's like the power is now with the people. Like it's, it's so fascinating to me too. Like I have a handful of friends in in like commercial real estate and they've said it's been like, like it's been blowing up, like even like better than pre COVID, which I think is so fascinating because I I'm just like, are you like, are these companies just not like, are they really that tone deaf? Like, are they just not seeing what's happening or like what are their their plans like it's it's just been so interesting to see people think like oh it's just temporary people know that they have to get to work i'm like actually people just don't care about this job like they are willing to leave which is like like genuinely like the most beautiful thing i've ever like in my whole life i think it's the most beautiful thing because it's just it's empowering like why are we putting ourselves in positions that we like we're in jobs that are like physically making us sick, like mentally, physically, like whatever, like we hate it, but we feel like we have to do it. Like if you look at other like countries, like they don't work themselves like that. They, they don't, it's just unreal, you know? It is. It really is. That's a good segue into our next question. Um, Cause you know, taking the leap from, you know, even if it's toxic, it's at least stable. A lot of times change is scary. Right. And so that, that was Holly's next question. I'll give her credit <laughs> for the question. Um, why is change so scary? Like why is taking that leap of kind of finding your true path scary for a lot of people? Yeah, I think, um, a lot of it's just, it's, it's work. No one wants to, I don't want to say no one wants to, but it's a lot easier to, move into what has already been done before like the the path that has already been laid out like oh this is the way that things should be done so you do it this way as opposed to going against the grain because even if you're a super confident person you're going to be you know forced to have all these different obstacles and and challenges and it's a lot harder to get that support sometimes when people are like well you chose this path like you could have just had a corporate job like why did you want to be difficult and like work for yourself like you you know what I mean like it's almost like well you did it to yourself so of course like that's what happens when you go out into the unknown but um I mean ultimately all of these things stem from like from fear fear of scarcity fear of judgment fear of what are people going to think if I leave, if I'm a lawyer and I want to be an artist? Um, a lot of this stuff, it's like not only within our society, like in the U.S., but if you are like, I'm a child of immigrant parents. And, um, you know, fortunately, my family has been super, super supportive of, of what I do, which is which is so fortunate. But there's a lot of like societal or cultural conditioning, too, that is like another added layer, um, especially with people who are either immigrants or first or second generation. It's like we came to this country so you could you could be a doctor in the best country in the world. And now you just want to be an artist or you just want to do this this job and like whatever. And so there's a lot of fear of shame and like bringing shame on like the family and like all of these things where it's so much easier to just be a doer or like a robot, like a a wheel in the cog than to like go out and try something really scary because you don't know what that looks like um, at all. And I think it's, it's super interesting too being a coach because especially in this time when like everyone is coming out the womb all of a sudden, like, Hey, I'm a coach. And you're like, what? (laughs) 
so annoying. Like I like trained extensively so I could like, you know, tell people about that. But like, um, it's just really interesting because a lot of times people will, they will refuse to work with you. Cause they're like, well, like, I thought you were just going to tell me what to do. Like, I don't like why though, like, why would I tell you what you should be doing with mm-hmm. your life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why do you, why do you feel that some random person can tell you more about your life than you can do yourself. Like, obviously there's a time and place to have someone advise you on things, but that's like, a that's the difference between like a coach and consultant. A consultant is telling you like, Hey, do X, Y, and Z because here are all the facts and statistics and whatever. Like there's certain, like, yeah, I want some, I don't want someone to coach me on my taxes. I want someone to tell me exactly what to do because I don't think I would make it very long in prison. So like there's a time and the place for certain things, but like with coaching, if someone's going to sit there and reflect on like what they want, like, I mean, I can tell you what to do, but then at the end of the day, like it either, maybe it resonates with you or maybe it doesn't. And then you're like, oh, well, this is, this is shit. Like I didn't get anything out of this because you told me what to do and it didn't land or I didn't like it or, or whatever. Like only you have the capability to understand like what it is that you need to do. Because even if I was your best friend, even if I was your, your wife or your girlfriend or whatever it is, like you only know so much about people, right? Like you can know them pretty intimately, but if you've ever been in a situation where like, I don't know, maybe your partner or someone like gave you a gift and you're like, why did you, like, why would you think I like that? Like, what do you think about me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many, you, you can know someone, but only like you truly know yourself. And I think we've just stifled that. Like if we feel that we're a certain way, we're ashamed and embarrassed and whatever, like we pre-filter before we even open our mouths about things. Yeah. I think it's interesting to think about like, you know, we're talking about change and like going on this different path. And I know for me, like I have, I grew up with, you know, one parent who, I mean, my mom has been a legal secretary. She's worked at the same firm for over 30 years. So she really was just on this kind of, you know, straight and narrow trajectory where my dad was a journalist, a freelance writer, and then opened up like an SEO agency. Like he was kind of, and I know, they were both like two different people. And I know like my dad's entrepreneurial spirit always like stressed my mom out because it's like, what about insurance? And what about a steady paycheck and whatever? Cause she's had that her whole life. And I've dabbled in like both sides of having a corporate job and then having the entrepreneur side. And it's kind of funny when, when to me, I know, I don't know if you have, if either of you have done this, but when you're on the entrepreneurial side, I'm like, what is so great about a corporate job anyway? You know, you're like, (laughs) and I'm like, you know, sure, it's the insurance. But for me, I've never really had a a job that's even had great insurance. So I'm like, is that really a perk? And I'm like, oh, pay days off. I'm like, well, I can give myself days off as an entrepreneur. But I, I do think like there is this idea that going a corporate route is maybe more secure, quote unquote, but everyone in my personal life knows I have been now laid off four times. Uh, so it ain't that secure. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) So it's interesting when I know change is scary. Um, I know for me, like I've had to kind of convince myself like, okay, what is it that I'm exactly afraid of? And it is always like failing. And what are people going to think? And I know for me, I don't know if you feel this way, Derek, but I just have to like talk myself out of it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, 
coming from an HR background, because I've worked more on the employee relations side originally and had to conduct those layoffs, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess I never, like, I always knew that it wasn't secure. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have never been laid off, but my entire career, like, you know, I saw behind the curtains. I was like, this this is dangerous territory. You know, so I never (laughs) felt security other than just a steady paycheck, you know, when I had to- Yeah, yeah, but I had to work my ass off for that paycheck. And, you know, that's why I ended up shifting my HR career to recruiting because talk about soul sucking. Like the other side was just so soul sucking. I was like, if I'm going to do anything, I have to, you know, get into get into the other side. And at least I, I like the company I work for now. So it's easier to, you know, sell the company because recruiting is a lot of selling. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you kind of already talked about this, but is there someone that is like your ideal client? Um, so I work, I love working with, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm open. I'm pretty open, but I would say ideal. I mean, first of all, you have, you have to want it. You have to want change. You have to be willing to put in the work. That's like uh, the first, the first thing, like I, I can't work with someone who does not, isn't interested in doing that. Um, a lot of times it's it's females that have, that have come in. Um, I'm super kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like millennials is a, a big a big group of people that I've really enjoyed working with because um, even though I all, I work with millennials and then a, a younger generation who are kind of much more into this kind of like self healing, self help, self work. Um, but millennials, I feel like I really just have a passion for because. Like it wasn't, this wasn't always an option. It was like, oh, wow, I can do what I want. Like that's a possibility to be like, I can have fulfillment and work, make money. Like that's real. It's not like, oh, I have to go to work every day and be miserable and unhappy. Like it's, you, it, it is that there is that possibility. So I think females and millennials, um, I'm actually really passionate about working with um, people in different communities, like bicultural, multilingual. Um, and this actually came about, obviously, like I said, I'm first generation American, but in my, when I was getting trained in NLP and neurolinguistic programming, I had a few really interesting breakthroughs um, from my own kind of like conditioning when it came to language. Um, And so being able to help people who maybe grew up in a multilingual or bilingual household um, is something that I'm super passionate with because the way, you know, if you're only speaking English, you go to therapy or whatever, you can work through things. But if you've had things said to you in different languages, the way that you process it like at that time, like as a child, for instance, um, or you internalized it, if you're processing it in a different language, it may not hit as as well. Like it may not resonate. You may not understand it or be able to unpack it. And that's something that I came to realize very recently when I was doing an exercise um, with someone um, for myself, like my own, you know, breakthrough on something. And we were going through it and, and we were kind of working through it and had some stumbling blocks. And they're like, okay, why don't you process it like you would in Arabic? And like instantly I was like overcome with like so many different things, which I thought was so, so fascinating. So like that's, I mean, that could turn into like its own kind of subset, not even career related. But I mean, I, I think really like the the people kind of like I, I mentioned earlier, those 
four different types of, of people. It's, it's pretty broad and open right now um, of who I want to work with. Um, but yeah, I kind of like keeping it open and then just kind of nuance from there just at this point in time, because I've worked with a diverse group of people. Um, I mean, I've really enjoyed working with like freelancers and business owners, especially people in the creative space. Like I started out in advertising. So I was on the account management side and then my creative team was like, we kind of kept them behind closed doors and like sheltered from the client. And so when they go out now and they're like entrepreneurs and freelancing, there's no one to protect them from, you know, their client anymore. And so they have to learn how to set boundaries and say no and, and do all that. So I think my, I would say ideal would be kind of people in that maybe creative freelance space, um, entrepreneurs, business owners, and then also people who are transitioning, like looking for clarity on what they want to do, because those are two things like very close to me. And then obviously one is like my own story and background. So in a way, being able to help these groups of people is like almost healing to me, you know, it's like going back and like giving myself, which I, what I wish I could have had access to. And I loved the example of, you know, the guy you said that got promoted and then wanted to just make sure that he was staying on track with that. Like I would have never thought about, you know, a career coach for that, but that, I mean, that is also important, you know, and that's, Kind of like being a career therapist, right? <laughs> it really is. I mean, I would coaching is the most. It's the most similar to therapy because yeah, because you're not. I mean, you're not telling people what to do. Like uh, therapy, for the most part, it's focusing on the past and like working through that stuff, and then getting you yeah. kind of baseline to the present. And then coaching is present and future focused. So you may work through some things in the past a little bit, like to clear, like I do a lot of inner child work sometimes with clients or if they're really looping on a limiting belief or something, you clear some of that stuff out to propel them and not have that issue anymore in the future. But absolutely, I mean, the coaching that I do is essentially, it's it's like therapeutic, but more, it is based in your career, but I take a, a really holistic look at it. Like, it's not just like, okay, your resume. Like, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing. Sometimes people are like, I just, I know, but I just need my resume to be updated. Like, well, you don't even know what you want to do. So what are we updating in the resume right now? You know? Yeah. I love that you mentioned inner child because I saw that you were certified in hypnotherapy and I did some inner child exploration with a therapist using hypnotherapy one time. So I was curious, is that something you use with your clients? Because that's fascinating. Yeah, I do. It So it, it depends. Um, I, I'll i introduce it. It's not like, hey, first first time, let's do some yeah. work. Like, let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually, we'll, we'll kind of like see where they're at and, and have a few sessions. And then based on where we're at, I'll do like inner child work. I've done this a ton on myself. It's been super, super helpful. Like the things that I've, I've used a lot are different things with um, people who have conflict, either in their interpersonal relationships, like at home with their partners, friends, whatever, or at work, um, different types of conflict resolution. Inner child work is amazing because essentially and this doesn't, this isn't even necessarily like with, with career type coaching, but it's all kind of intertwined in the same. Um, but inner child work is amazing because you are the most impressionable between the ages of say like zero and seven, those first 
like seven years for sure, you're absorbing everything from your environment. And the thing is, when you're a child, you like you could look back and say like, oh, well, I had such a privileged childhood. Like I don't have any trauma. But your trauma could have been, you know, your parents never paying attention to you and always putting you in like a a play space that was like not even isolated like a prison, but just like away from interaction because they wanted you to be quiet because they had, you know, were entertainers or whatever they were doing. And so to you, that could have been very traumatic and you could have like different abandonment wounds and things like that that you carry out in your relation, your interpersonal relationships, which also may show up, you know, at work and and things like that. Um, So it's super, super fascinating. Um, I've done a lot of work on myself with that, with inner child. um, And sometimes I'll do it with, with clients. And then another one um, is what, when I was trained in is called quantum time technique. It's essentially timeline therapy, which is another modality that will kind of take you back to what's called like typically like the first event, like the first event that you can remember that this um, imprintation or this limiting belief or conditioning came up because usually, and people will like remember it right away. Like if you have an, like maybe it's a lack of self-confidence or someone told you you couldn't do this. Maybe you were um, whatever, doing something as a child. And someone said like, you're never going to make money, like pick a real job or something that they felt shut down. And so they went through life, not being able to pursue that career because they thought they were told at such a young age, like you can't do that. And so it's just run in their subconscious, like, Oh, you know, real adults don't do this, or you're never going to be successful if you do X, Y, and Z. So, um, yeah, I definitely do that. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's cool too. When I, when the, a lot of the tools that I, I like to use are ones, um, they're all tools that I've used on myself, but the ones that I have definitely used a lot in my own practice, I love using those as well. And it's beneficial because you know, like if your client's struggling to get to a resolution or get some clarity, it, I'm able to kind of like reframe it for them because of my own experience. Cause a lot of times I'm sure you know this with like yoga or different practices, like meditation is like a good example. People think like, well, I'm doing it wrong. Like you're not, doing. there's, there's so many different ways to do it. You have to do it for what's right for you. What you're like, what just makes sense, you know, go with your intuition, go with your gut. Exactly. I love that you said that. Uh, my next question was going to, was going to be about quantum time technique. Cause I was like, I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of like timeline therapy. That sounds really fascinating. And now I'm like mm-hmm. thinking back like, hmm, okay. What did, what did people talk I know. About? Like I just, I, I went like, back into like, fifth grade. as soon as you were, <laughs> whenever you were talking, I was thinking about like trauma I experienced in fifth grade. I was like, Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the interesting thing is too, cause like, okay. So, so just using that as an example, if you tell someone like, okay, tell me what your traumas were. Like you definitely will most likely be able to identify like, okay, when I was in fifth grade, this happened and then 12 and then whatever, whatever it is. But a lot of times what's really interesting is you may think that you're like that limiting belief or whatever it is, like fear of public speaking or whatever. You may think that it started at that age. A lot of times it's actually like years before that. And the interesting thing is too, like to go back to what I was saying about, um, you know, how children think children think and receive things in like black and white. So if you as a parent just said, 
stop banging on those pots and pans. Like it's annoying. Maybe your trajectory would have been to be a drummer, but you're like, Oh, I don't want to make noise. So I'm not going to like, that was what you, someone saying like, stop, stop banging on those pots and pans. That's annoying. Like you maybe then for the rest of your life played really small. Like maybe you were like a really boisterous person or really like flamboyant or like extra type of person, but you kind of, just played really small because you didn't want to make other people uncomfortable. So even, and that's technically, I mean, you wouldn't go around, most people wouldn't say like, oh yeah, that was such a trauma because people tend to think like, oh, trauma is like a death or like a car accident or something like very big, which obviously are traumas, but there's also like other traumas that when you're a child, because you see things like very black and white, something as as small as like, hey, stop doing that can really like, create that limiting belief of like, oh, like, you know, I, I shouldn't be, I should be seen and not heard. And then you carry that throughout life sometimes, um, if you don't have the opportunity to work through it. Oh, I really am just like circling through my, <laughs> my childhood as you're talking. <laughs> Maybe I need to go back to therapy. It is interesting though, like, what sticks with you like because I yeah. feel like there's things people have said to me that like sticks with me and I'm just like why is that like really stuck in my brain for years yeah. you know even if it's something kind of unrelated but it, it does affect you different yeah it's also I mean it's super interesting too like as an entrepreneur going into this it's been so interesting going into the space after being in corporate for so many years because I've had to unlearn or I'm still in the process of unlearning a lot of that conditioning and like what you should be doing and what things should look like and being okay with like blank canvas. And like, you can make whatever you want on this canvas. It's not like, I'm just waiting for someone to tell me what to do. Kind of, even though when I was in that space, I hated it. Like I rejected it so hard, but yeah, it's, it just, it's so interesting. And I think for me going into the entrepreneurial space, like, I, it's like I was dropped out of the sky and was like, Hey, here all your, you know, your traumas and your limiting beliefs. So you have no, nowhere to run to now. <laughs> like you, have a scarcity, you can't make money. You got to work on it. Like, whereas in corporate, like I didn't even realize I had all of this shit. Like I didn't think I was like, Oh, I don't have any money issues. And then I like came, you know, became an entrepreneur. And I was like, oh my God, like I have to like charge people. Like this is a lot. Like, you know, it's, it's so crazy. It's, it's, it's so, as much as I kind of hate it, like I, I love it because I would have never been in this situation had I not left. And I think it's such a, like you learn so, so much about yourself. And like the growth is just like, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, I never thought about it that way with all the growing pains I had to do starting out, switching over. Because, yeah, you're just on your own and making up your own rules and dealing with, you know, everything that was that was lying underneath because you you have to make your own decisions. You can't, you know, ask permission anymore. You you create it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other than the government, we just can't make the government. That's, (laughs) That's the only rules we have to follow. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I mean, Derek, your, you know, your situation is kind of similar. Like, uh, I think a lot of people and when I see conversations on like on, you know, Twitter, which I know is not the best source, but when I see conversations online about like I follow a lot of freelancers and 
they'll say, you know, if you can't, if you have, you know, the privilege of doing so, save up this amount of money before you start doing it or whatever. And it's a lot of people were commenting back saying like, yeah, a lot of people don't have that because I know for me, like the times I have been most successful at freelancing is because I just got laid off from my job and I now have to make it work. And I know you have a similar situation. It's like a lot of people don't have that grace period of like, oh, in six months, I'll start a freelance career in six months, I'll, you know, open a new business or whatever. I think a lot of times it's like, oh, now I'm in this situation. I have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let's move to something positive then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So not, you know, not to give away like, you know, all your advice that you would give for paying clients. Um, but for anyone listening, are there any tips or advice you would give someone that's just looking to change their career, whether it's like a complete change or just a small one? Yeah. Um, the biggest piece of advice is that you, I mean, you, you have to be willing to take an honest look at your life and do the work you cannot, I mean, can you do this? Yes. Should you do this? No. If you already know that you're, you're going to make a change and it's going to be a big change, do yourself like invest in programs or education to make sure not education, but like if you're, you want to explore a different path, like take a course to see like, is this what I'm interested in doing? Um, like maybe I loved it as a child, but like, is this before you like invest all of your time and energy and just like a hundred percent dropping into that? Cause it's challenging. Even with that, make sure like try do a lot of trial and error and testing, see what you like and what you don't like and pay attention to that. Like the things that you're doing, like if you don't like something, okay, cool. What do you want instead? Like everything that you're doing is, is almost like research and trial and error. So you figure out, you can kind of take little bits and pieces and find what it is that is lighting you up and, and be reminded of that. Because when you've been playing small and especially in work or in your personal relationships, when you've been playing small, you just desperately want to get out. And so a lot of times we operate out of fear and scarcity. So we're like, I don't care. I just want to get another job and then I'll figure it out. But you're already in this space, right? You've either have a job that you hate and you're in it, or you've been let go, um, or you're, you know, you're free recently free from a job. So take advantage of that time. Like cut all of your, make sure that you're saving as much as possible. Like if you didn't already have savings, take a look at your finances and see what you can slash and get really, really lean on, on what you need to survive. Because the longer you can sit with this and think about, okay, what really lights me up? What can I do? The better it is for you, instead of just picking up a job, just to take another job. I mean, that I ended up being, I, I say that as someone who's done not the wrong way, but like just kept falling into other careers. Cause I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I know I can do this. I don't know what else to do. So I might as well just take another job. Like in the meantime, you can always take like, like a bridge job or something that's like part-time that will pay your bills to buy you time. But the most important thing is almost to buy yourself the time to really sit and think with this, because a lot of times we haven't 
even had the opportunity. So it's not like a quick fix. Like I'm just going to get a download from the universe, like out of the blue, <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, unless you're a very spiritual person and you've been working, like doing a lot of this work, but if you've never had the opportunity and you've always been like in a toxic environment, you need to like remove yourself from that. And if you were ejected from it, like, you know, like laid off or, or whatever that in and of itself is traumatic. So you also have to heal from that because like the thing is a lot of times I'll tell people like, you want to make sure that you're not picking up your baggage and taking all of that, like heavy baggage and toxicity to the new job or like new relationship, you know, like if, if you think of it as like, a, if someone was dating, like I've had, I've seen this with like this dynamic with friends where like, there was a really toxic relationship. They broke up and then once say like one of the partners or both partners went to another relationship before they were ready. And then they ended up being that toxic person because they never worked through any of their, you know, their trauma from the last relationship. So it's just like one of those things that just like keeps going. And at some point you have to end the cycle. I never thought about taking your trauma to a new job. That's so true. Because yeah, we always say you need to take time, heal from a relationship. Same thing. And yeah. especially if it's, I mean, a layoff, even, even if you were about to quit and you hated your job, like I always, like I'll tell clients, honestly, I, it's, they, nobody wants to hear this, but like rejection is protection or redirection. Like I've had, I actually had a friend of mine who, this was a few years ago, she'd applied for this job and didn't end up getting it. And she was really devastated. She like really, really loved it. And I told her that. And then a few months later, this company got into really, really bad legal something. Mm. And then they ended up having to lay off half of their workforce. And I was like, could you imagine? And I sent her that article. I was like, imagine if you got that job and then you ended up being laid off. Like how like exciting and then devastate. You know what I mean? Just that roller coaster of emotions. Like you're so much better off having not like it. This what didn't work out for you really worked out for you. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the biggest thing is being able to reframe, you know, what was the lesson that you needed to learn from this situation, this job, this partnership, this career, whatever. And how can you like prevent that from happening in the future? Say it was like a toxic relationship or whatever. Like, what do you need to do to not attract that again? You know, like, just like if you were an abusive job or relationship, everyone always plays a part in this you know maybe of course not to to take away from like the fact that this could have been an abusive dynamic but maybe you didn't have any boundaries and this person you allowed this person or you played into allowing this person to walk all over you so in the next situation and environment you want to make sure that you come in there and you have those hard boundaries and if they don't respect that then that's most likely not a good fit for you you know what i mean Mm-hmm. I can definitely say, you know, I got laid off in July and I waited a few weeks and then started applying for jobs and I applied for a lot of jobs. But even when I was going on the interviews, I was thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I feel like these interviews are full of bullshit. And I kept imagining like, you know, when you get a job and it's like that your first day and you have to go to the staff meeting and they're like, you're so excited. Holly's here. She comes from blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't do that. (laughs) 
And I have been doing exactly, pretty much exactly what you said. Like I told myself, like, I need a break. I need a break from even applying for jobs. I need a break from talking to people that are interviewing me. Like I just, I was like, and I still have people, I got a part-time retail job to help pay my bills. And like, is it ideal? No, but it's, it's a break. I will say like, it's crazy because I, there are parts of it I don't like, but it's such a break from what I was doing. Like I am not in front of a computer. I go and just am working with people and obviously it's a lot less money, but it pays the bills and it's been really nice. I will say like, I, I'm very well aware that I have, I had a a savings account that has helped me like survive during this time, but it's, it has done wonders for, I think my mental, my mental health, because even going into those interviews and listening to that, like startup jargon, I was like, no, 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 no. And it's like, it's nice to have time to like actually think like, what do I want to do? Because my last couple of jobs have been the same and it's ended the same way. It's ended in, you know, getting laid off. And so I, I've never heard it worded the way you're saying it, but it makes total sense. And I think, yeah, if people can do that, that's awesome. Because I know for me, even I've had, and I know people are in good faith, but they'll message me and be like, are you still applying for jobs? And like, you're working retail, but maybe you could do some writing for the corporate office. And I am straight with them. I'm like, you know, maybe I could, but like, I'm not interested in doing that. Like, I just want to go to work, do my shift and go home right now. And I'll think about it later. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love that. That's so amazing. And that's really, I, I think that's really important that you share that because I think people need to, to understand that and hear that like your life does not need to look, it's, it's not like, oh, what do you, I mean, I see this on LinkedIn and stuff too. And gosh, LinkedIn has been so, I, I feel like I've barely even been on LinkedIn because I see so much stuff on there now that I'm like, this is, a, this is really toxic. Like people are like, you leave your job. If you get laid off, you should be applying immediately. I'm like, no, like you need a, you need a break. Also that when you have that time in between jobs, even when I've had like clients or even friends who will accept a new job offer and they dive right into it. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Like the only t- like you're going to another job where you have strict like vacation you can only take however many weeks or days or whatever off like this is the only thing that you're going to get as far as like a full relaxing vacation is when you're in between jobs because you have no one to to like adhere to like use that time for yourself you know what I mean like it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy um but yeah no I love that I, I think doing that doesn't matter what you're doing as long as it fills it pays the bills. And if it's something you don't mind doing, or even if it's like something you're meeting people, or maybe it's like a job that you're doing, like you have exposure to the field that you maybe want to break into, or you're going to be surrounded by the right environment. Like all of that stuff is huge. Like having that bridge job, as long as it's not something that you're going to, and every single day you're super resentful, like there's so many different things that you can do just to like hold it over. But that time that you have to yourself, and it'll, I mean, it's most likely months, years, like people need that time to really, really decompress and, and figure it out. Oh my gosh. Well, Zaina, to wrap it up, um, 
we always kind of like to ask about future plans. Um, what are, do you have specific 2023 goals for C-Rock coaching or just like future goals in general? I know that we haven't talked a lot about this as we've been talking, but I saw that you had some, I guess you would call it organizational development type things like corporate um, packages. Um, just curious where you see C-Rock going. Yeah, I, that's an amazing question. I'm super, I honestly don't know. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's like all things just kind of, a few things have kind of fallen into my lap. I do have a, I recently, I will be working with a, a company doing outplacement services through them. So I started mm. training with them um, earlier this month. Um, we'll continue training and starting that next year. Um, so that's really cool to be able, I didn't even know that companies even like used outplacement services, which I think is amazing. Like as, as part of your Yeah, summer. it's rare, um, but yes, good companies do it. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's really cool. Um, and I'm excited to, to do that. But I think... I don't, I mean, organization is, is interesting, right? Because it, it would have to really be a good fit. And I just, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if some people are ready for that. I, I've, yeah. it, it's interesting because I think you have to understand as a company, not only are you helping empl your employees, but a good, like if I'm doing my job, my metrics may be that, you know, 80% of the people that I coach end up leaving the company. And that's not because I'm telling them anything because they're self-actualizing and they're self-realizing, oh, you know what, this is actually not for me. So if you're a, a company who's open to, you know, innovation, you have to think of that as, okay, cool. These people were maybe, some of them maybe would have been disengaged. Some of them like, you know, weren't doing their work anyway. So the sooner we move through them and, and get more aligned employees, the better, or even like the company has to, you know, take an honest look at themselves and say, oh, okay, all of these people are leaving because maybe we've, you know, said everyone has to be back at the office and they don't agree with that or whatever the situation is. So, um, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, definitely doing organizational, absolutely would love to offer it. Um, we'll see how that plans out um, or pans out. I think a, a part that I'm excited about, and I don't know what this will look like, will be doing different types of retreats. Um, I'm not, I, I want to find a partner um, or someone to do that with. And it doesn't have to be like a dedicated, but even like as an add-on to work with different retreat centers. Um, because I think a lot of times we, when we're in these difficult places, especially like in, in a corporate space, you go on, like you travel to this destination and you go to this retreat, like a yoga retreat or something when you're finally like, oh, I really want to like take care of myself and my body. You have this beautiful experience while you're there and you come back and you've changed as a person, but you come back into that same environment and you like, you don't know what to do. It's like almost like a, a crisis that you have. And you're like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know what to do here. So some retreats will have like a little bit of integration, but it's a gen the generally not enough. It's just like maybe a one-time call or something, but you need to be having different checkpoints with these individuals, um, like either before, but definitely after. So I think that's something I would really, really love to explore. Um, I haven't started looking into it much, um, uh, yet, but that's something I think I really want to do because I think like, again, there's, there's kind of that need for that. Like you're going to have this beautiful experience, 
How do you reintegrate? And what do you figure out once you, you know, you come back and who can you even talk to? Because even sometimes you, you know, you might have chat groups with friends that you've made there. And sometimes those will fade or, you know, they don't know how to help you or or whatever. So I think that could be a really, a really cool thing, especially as I've traveled the past two years. I think my biggest, you know, I think my, my journey on this started like two years ago when I traveled solo to South America, like the last two years. And that's when I really like sat with myself and was like, okay, we have to do something different. So I think, I, I feel like it's kind of like that for a lot of people. Yeah. I know you said you wanted to do more podcasts in 2023. So this is like a perfect start to your year. I'm so excited. I was also binge watching all the episodes and I was just laughing. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Like, I like, like we were all like, just like chatting like this whole time. I was like, this is going to feel so natural. This is what I, I just love. I, I just love the feel of being able to have these casual conversations, but that's when you get to see the you know, other sides of people and mm-hmm. see, like, get a feel for who they are and what they stand for and how they work and, and stuff. So I think it's just, it's just nice being able to like bring your full self and your personality as opposed to like, you know, a post on LinkedIn, like, Hey, guess what? You know, like I know. Yeah, just all buttoned up. Like I, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Yes. Oh well, God. we had a lot of fun with you. Thank, thank you for joining us. And it sounds like you had fun too. So I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I want to like keep coming back. Like, can we just start like, <laughs> <or something? laughs> I have learned so much in this. I'm I have like, too. Wow. I feel enlightened and I'm like, okay, I might be hitting Zane up. Now we have our email. So. <laughs> 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 we don't even have to enter LinkedIn. I'll <laughs> Well, I already have like a number of people I want to send your way. I mean, oh of course, God. they would have to be willing to put in the work, but um, yeah, the yeah, willing I, to put in the work—that's the key. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a beautiful. It's it's good though, right? Like, it's you do the work. I mean, and the thing is, like, if people have stumbling blocks, like, I will one hundred percent like share my story with it. You know, like I. I didn't even have the awareness that I needed to do the work, right? So yeah. once you have that awareness, you just you have to push through it. And it's honestly like the other side is just so much better. <laughs> it's very freeing. Totally, totally worth putting in the work, I think. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Work on yourself is always worth it. Yes. So where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me. Um, my social media is all um, C-Rock Coaching, S-E-A-R-O-C-K Coaching. Um, I'm the most active usually on Instagram, um, but we'll post on, I have a page on LinkedIn um, that I'll post on. And you can also, uh, if your listeners want to head over to my website, I have a, a free like clarity, career clarity workbook that they can download if if any of this is like something that they want to start you know, engaging in or kind of getting an idea of what their next step might be. Um, that may be like a good, a good helpful starting point, kind of journal journaling and reflecting on any of the the things that come up for them. Yeah, I can put that in the show notes for sure. And you know, I didn't even ask this whole time, where did the name Sea Rock come from? Um, so my family is Lebanese. And, um, we, my family's from Beirut and there's a big, uh, landmark 
it's called uh, pigeon rock or something in English. Um, but to me, I wanted all, I mean, with my marketing background, I wanted all of everything that I did with my, my brand, I wanted it to like, just really light me up. So when I have like the visual of, of my, when I was thinking of names and everything for my company, um, I just, I don't know. It just, it just felt like it made sense. And it was something like really close to my heart, my roots and something I was always excited about, you know? So that's where I got it from. I love it. Cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh my thank God. you and uh, happy new year. <laughs> yes. Happy new year. Yeah. Yeah. As we're talking now, New Year's Eve is tomorrow, believe it or not. So it's wild. It is wild. I know. I know, but I'm so excited. I feel like I normally don't get so excited, but for some reason, 2023, I I, I like the number three. So I feel like this could be a good year. <laughs> it's gotta be. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> Last time we went through this this year, the year that whatever year COVID hit, like it feels like it's been 10 years. Everyone was like, yeah, this is going to be our year. Everyone and thought 2020 was going to be their year and look at it. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Now everyone's like, um, I guess what's going to be my year, but I don't really want to put it out there because we saw Yeah, I know. We're like, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. That's what we are too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was it was a pleasure. Yes, yeah. thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulias7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for yoga for all humans, it is at yoga for all humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.